The podcast is also sponsored by my good friend Tiger at It's Tiger Music on Instagram at itztiger.music. You can find all his work on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes. He does all the music and tracks for the Block Hash podcast. Go check him out. Also, don't forget to check out Blockhash Plus on Patreon. This is something that's new, where you can learn more about trading, technical analysis, and charting, all for the price of two cups of coffee a month. That's pretty damn cheap. Sign up at patreon.com slash Blockhash. And last but definitely not least, Blockhash is offering consulting for all your blockchain needs. Buying, exchanging, selling, safe storage, tokenization, NFT creation, point of sale, you name it. We can help you. Go to blockhashpodcast.com slash consulting and let's talk. What's popping, guys? It is Friday, May 21st, episode 132. And today I have Michael Wagner, CEO of Star Atlas, not to be confused with wags from billions although that would also be pretty cool in a nutshell star atlas is a metaverse introducing a unique gaming experience by harnessing the power of traditional core gaming and blockchain mechanics michael is a fellow las vegas native that studied at unlv and is also involved in block drop uh, multi-chain venture ceo and automata managing director so with that said be sure to subscribe and share this episode with somebody that you think would like to learn more about mr michael wagner the ceo of star atlas enjoy michael welcome to the podcast how you doing today i'm doing great brandon thanks so much for having me on yeah of course so before we jump in and start talking about um you know star atlas and everything, you know, that falls under that umbrella and everything that I want to kind of talk about and get into in terms of like gaming and stuff. Tell me a little bit about yourself and your backgrounds and how you kind of found yourself getting into this space and um, and, into blockchain and Star Atlas. Yeah, it's it's been quite the journey. So um, I've been in the crypto space since 2013. Uh, Prior to that, I was um, in the uh, traditional finance field working on in portfolio management, uh, investment and securities analysis and, and otherwise private wealth management. Um, well, I, got, I got introduced to uh, Bitcoin and altcoins through script coin mining with GPUs. Um, and, and I guess if I were to take it a little bit further back outside of you know, career, traditional career and, and what I did for work, um, you know, I've really grown up as a gamer, uh, kind of a nerd. Um, uh, our group of friends in high school were called the Lanarchists, um, and, and this was like, you know, my formative years were back in the 90s, and the only way really to uh, uh, engage in multiplayer um, gaming was to go to people's houses with your actual computer. You know, broadband internet wasn't widely available, so I uh, grew up gaming, building all my own computers, and when I got introduced to, to crypto in 2013, and I saw this opportunity to you know, create a stream of residual income off of setting up some computers. Uh, it was just really captivating to me, um, and and the whole the whole industry has just completely sucked me in. So um, I've been immersed in everything crypto and blockchain since since then. Um, you know, primarily focused on things like running a little fund in crypto, a lot of speculation, a lot of trading, getting into ICOs, IEOs, um, kind of all of those evolutions. But also launched my first company in the space in 2016. That's called the Tokes platform. It's a crypto and cannabis play. Um, and then more recently, in mid 2020, uh, the team uh, and I 
that worked on multi-chain ventures slash Tooks platform, uh, we conceptualized this idea of Star Atlas. And um, we can obviously dig more into what that is, but uh, it has been a wild ride. Uh, it's been a lot of fun and I'm just really grateful to be here. Yeah, that sounds awesome. You mentioned something about company and like crypto and, and weed. How did that go? Because I know that's an interesting space for a lot of people. It's still going. Um, in fact, I, I have a separate team dedicated to operating multi-chain ventures. Um, we had a really major success that we announced just this year, as a matter of fact. Um, we were able to secure a contract with the state of Nevada for a tokenized closed loop um, uh, financial ecosystem for the legal cannabis industry. So effectively, we're, we're taking all of the decentralized tools that are available through blockchain. Uh, we created a platform for payment processing, for custody, for compliance, um, merchant onboarding, and um, and then we've done created our own mint and burn, uh, fully collateralized stable coin for use within the state of Nevada. And we're out there uh, currently onboarding new businesses to uh, to experiment with uh, with this form of technology as a as a payment replacement and a banking replacement for the legal cannabis industry. So um, it, it's had a lot of challenges, but. You know, we've we've made some tremendous strides over the years. And, and as I said, uh, you know, the business itself is still quite successful. Yeah, that's really cool, man. I, I heard that Nevada is actually really open to, you know, blockchain and stuff like that. I think they like made like taxes exempt like a couple of years ago, something like that. Like, have you guys ran into any hurdles or has it been like really easy to kind of go about building a blockchain based business in Nevada, the state? Uh, no real, no real hurdles. I would say they're progressive in terms of blockchain les legislation. Um, they are replicating what Wyoming is doing in, mm -hmm. in many cases. So Wyoming was the first to introduce those um, tax benefits, right? And so uh, Nevada replicated that. Um, the the treasurer, the current treasurer, Zach Conine, is the one who really. Um, Kind of submitted the RFP, if you will, back in 2018. Started um, forming some roundtable discussions around how crypto could Im improve, um, uh, you know, financial services within the cannabis industry. And we started participating in conversations all the way back in 2018. It took almost three years for us to work this thing all the way through, you know, legislation. And uh, we were there giving testimony and and kind of um, educational courses to legislators on how blockchain works and how this would improve. Um, you know, transparency and efficiency of the of the legal cannabis industry within the state. So it took quite a while, but that was more related to the fact that we were working at the intersection of payments, of cannabis and crypto, you know, all of which are kind of uh, gray area, fringe, uh, highly regulated uh, industries. And so, um, if, you know, if anything, we impose the challenges on ourselves just by working through in that specific niche. But um, yeah, you know, we, we overcame a lot of obstacles and I'm sure there's still a lot ahead of us, but we are... Uh, we're just kind of nose down, get things done type of people. It's it's an amazing team. Yeah, I'm I'm rooting for Nevada to kind of head in that direction, or at least keep going in that direction that like Wyoming is taking it. Cause it's it's really good because eventually, you know, the states will get together and push better legislation through through Congress at some point for blockchain and crypto. And I think it's important, you know, for the industry and overall. There's a there's a really um, interesting bill proposal. I'm I'm not sure where this sits right now, but. Um, and I'm pretty confident that this is being driven by Blockchain's LLC. Um, Blockchain's LLC made some headlines uh, years ago because they bought 67,000 acres, I want to say, in northern Nevada, just outside of Reno in Sparks. Mm -hmm. And um, the, the, the bill that was proposed was that um, any independent entity that possesses more than 50,000 acres of contiguous land 
are able to form their own kind of kind of sovereign nation within the state of Nevada. So mm-hmm. you can actually create your own micro country within the state of Nevada and operate under primarily your own set of rules and laws and, and kind of governance. I never knew that. It's cool. Yeah, really, really kind of transformative stuff. Um, I, I haven't been tracking the progress of that, but at least that was what was proposed. I remember some guy bought a whole bunch of acres in Nevada. Maybe it's the same thing or something different. They were going to build like this whole blockchain tech related like city in the middle of nowhere, but I haven't seen anything on that. Is that the same person or? It is. Yeah. So that's, that's blockchains LLC. Oh, okay. Um, they have these huge plans for this, this future city, right. Where everything's kind of smart and connected and, and blockchain enabled. And mm-hmm. uh, so, so, right. That is up in Northern Nevada, just outside of Reno is where they own all of, all of that land. And I'm pretty sure that that's why they're pushing for this kind of sovereign status uh, through legislation, because they want to operate that city in a compute, a completely futuristic fashion. So yeah, that'd be cool if it happened. I mean, I've driven through Nevada so many times. There's nothing out there. It's just so much raw land. So, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. It entices someone to do something with it, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and Northern Nevada is beautiful. I actually own some land up there myself. And it's, you know, it's it's very scenic backdrop. But um, I'm kind of looking at where where can I scoop some uh, some acreage for pretty cheap? Because it, if that bill passes, I mean that's just really empowering to people to be able to kind of operate in this new unique sovereign model. Yeah, I remember driving through uh, Winnemucca a bunch, and just south of there, there's so much land you can buy for really cheap because there's just nothing out there. A lot of them they'll just like let cattle roam and stuff like that. Um, but I mean, for someone that wants to go in that's really creative and has the the capital, it's an opportunity. For sure. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'll throw out some probably bad statistics. Uh, don't quote me on the accuracy, but if, let's just say that something like, you know, 3.5 million people live in the state of Nevada, like 3.2 million are in Las Vegas, right? Or the greater yeah. metro area that is Las Vegas. So definitely a lot of vacant land out there, but um, yeah, beautiful state. Yeah, it's a great state. So let, let's talk about Star Atlas a little bit. Like, I'm curious, like, what is it exactly? And like, what, what's your guys' mission? What are you guys trying to do with it? Let me start with the mission. I mean, what we're really seeking to accomplish here is a transformative experience in the gaming industry, I suppose, but even more broadly, mm-hmm. uh, a transformative experience in life in that we can create this alternative virtual reality that people can persist within mm-hmm. uh, from the standpoint of economics, of social interaction, and of politics. Um, so that's kind of a mouthful. Uh, what is Star Atlas? Star Atlas is a, a space-themed, uh, massively multiplayer online video game and metaverse concept. Uh, where we really differentiate ourselves is that we don't consider ourselves to be, say, a blockchain game. Uh, we are a we're developing this out to be a AAA title. So we're building the game in Unreal Engine. Uh, it will be on Unreal Engine five when that comes out. But you know w- what we're delivering is the highest caliber of uh, content, storyline, and um, gaming experience uh, feasible. Uh, And with Unreal Engine 5, we're able to deliver cinematic quality graphics rendered in real time. Um, So I said we're not a blockchain game, but we do incorporate blockchain into that experience. And that's how we enhance the the gaming experience through real financial incentives and rewards. And so in our case, um, we, we integrate 
three different asset types, first of which are NFTs. So the players have true ownership over every asset that they own within the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have the free ability to exchange that with other players through, uh, through our decentralized marketplace. So players are actually trading on a peer-to-peer basis or purchasing or selling with one another actual assets that they own as NFTs. And those NFTs consist of things like your ship, your crews, uh, your component, land, uh, structures, essentially anything that can be identified in the game is owned as an NFT. Uh, we couple that with, with two crypto native assets within the game. So we have Atlas, which is our form of in-game gold, if you will. It is the transactional currency of the metaverse. It's what people use to operate their equipment um, in Star Atlas. Mm-hmm. We also have Polis and Polis is our take on a governance token, which in and of itself has two uses. Um, in the game, there is a, a, a political strategy component to how it's played, and um, holders of polis will have the ability to do things like impose taxes on other players or create really their own micro economies within the game, mm-hmm. um, areas which they control and set rules or laws, fines, fees, kind of what we were just talking about with you know the so- sovereign status within the state of Nevada. Um, people will be able to do that within the, the metaverse that is Star Atlas. Um, and then outside of the game, the holders of Polis will also be able to influence our long-term development decision-making processes. So like economic decisions, asset release schedules, um, content uh, released, um, you know, and otherwise just vote on, on how this game evolves over time. So we're including, you know, the public, the audience in the, in the development process. Um, And then the third piece is, is DeFi. And so we have DeFi protocols built directly into the game. Um, you'll be able to participate in things like liquidity pools, automated market making. Um, and one feature that I'm, I think is very promising are uh, lending pools where people that possess these assets, these NFTs that aren't using them can actually deposit them to a decentralized lending pool, allow another player to rent them out or borrow them on a short-term basis. Mm-hmm. Um, that player has the opportunity now to go into the game and earn real income from playing um, and they just have a, a, a cost, right? A cost basis for getting into the game. And that is the rental cost. Now, if you're, you're the owner of the asset, you're actually collecting residual income without doing anything just by providing this to other players who want to play, who maybe can't purchase, you know, a $100,000 ship or something mm-hmm. within the game. So, um, yeah. And, and the, the metaverse concept itself is, it is considerably larger and longer term in nature. Um, metaverse is really, as I said, this, digital alternative reality that people can can persist within um, effectively it's a place where people can go socialize and identify and create their own industrious business use cases and create real value in the metaverse and then extract that back out without even engaging in any of the gameplay framework that we've developed so pretty deep uh pretty big vision but yeah we're making tremendous progress yeah so this is like um, open world type of metaverse, more or less, right? Yeah, we think about it in um, multiple phases. The first phase is where the video game and the metaverse itself are really um, indiscernible. They're virtually one and the same. But over time, the the video game becomes a smaller and smaller segment of what the metaverse is. And the metaverse just starts um, growing and uh, encompassing other game developers that want to participate in some way in the metaverse, we, we get them integrated into it. Um, you can kind of think of it as a bubble within a bubble. Mm-hmm. And uh, over time, the outer bubble continues to expand, whereas the inner bubble stays relatively fixed. Uh, mm-hmm. But 
yeah, but it, I mean, it, you could think of it as even just a place where uh, Second Life is a great example, and it was one of the original, I guess, metaverses, if you will, um, where, you know, if you just want to go and hang out with people in a cool spot, you can do that. If you want to go to a, con a concert series or a music festival in virtual reality, you can do that in Star Atlas. Or, as I said, if you just want to find some way to create a business, um, which is potentially owning owning land at a space station, building an art gallery, hosting NFT digital art that you've curated and selling that to other players through the game. That's, you know, that's an option for, for anyone to participate in. And that's not necessarily a, a mechanic that we developed. It's rather a toolkit that we're providing to people to be able to get creative um, and, and, and uh, have ingenuity within, within the metaverse. What kind of in-game items like are we talking about? Are we talking about like ray guns and ships and stuff like that? Or could it also be like like property? Like can people have like a home base or a business or a piece of land like in the metaverse and like own that? Or is it just, or what's kind of like the basis there? All of the above. So yeah, I mean, virtually everything that exists within Star Atlas in some way is going to be an NFT. So, um, you know, you nailed it. Everything from land, which you can build, say, mining equipment on, right? Sure. That could be an option. You build mining equipment, you start to extract ore from the planet or the asteroid field or whatever the case may be. Um, you are able to then refine that ore um, up to uh, like alloys and precious metals and other material inputs. Ultimately, that process allows people to craft their own NFTs over time. So they're actually extracting you know, material from the ground, using that as an input based on some schematic and then crafting their, their own NFT. But um, ships, uh, the weaponry on the ships, modules, other components, even the crew members that staff your ship, those are all of these are individual NFTs that are owned by the player. Yeah, that's really cool to think about. I know a lot of people talk about that or at least bring it up to me and like this whole idea of like a metaverse and then injecting like NFTs into it to like represent all these different things. It like creates this huge like, metaverse like economy that just doesn't exist yet but it's gonna kind of come out of nowhere i guess right well we're here <laughs> this is what we're doing it you know this is yeah this is our mission this is our objective and we want to do it in a uh in a format that isn't um you know a lot of the blockchain games right now are just relatively rudimentary right, um, right. a lot of card-based games or turn-based games uh, but what we wanted to create was the experience that would be expected by the mainstream gamer, right? Something that's entertaining and captivating and would get the interest of the 2.7 billion gamers around the world, create a great gaming experience. That was our starting point. And then we couple that with financial incentives and true asset ownership and, you know, real functional economy within the game that makes this mm -hmm. uh, a, a reality. Is this game out now? Or are you guys still like in development and going through phases? It's a good question. Um, we, so we just made our formal announcement in January, January 14th of this year. Mm -hmm. um, as I said, we started conceptualizing and uh, conducting our pre-production planning uh, towards the end of 2020. So far, uh, we've launched our first experience, which is an NFT marketplace, and we are selling a poster series. Uh, we call this poster collection Rebirth, um, mm -hmm. and it's, it's a campaign that takes place over 14 weeks. Um, each week, a new poster is unveiled. Um, and the poster, uh, which is an NFT itself, it, is, uh, it starts to unveil the, the lore and the background of Star Atlas. So you're starting to get the story of how we came to where we are in, in the Star Atlas uh, universe. Um, the, 
each one of these posters is also accompanied with um, a captivating audio soundscape that was um, in collaboration with mainstream musical talent. Mm -hmm. So on our first poster, we worked with uh, Blondish uh, for the actual track and Jason Silva for this voice overlay. Um, and then we've also coupled it with an augmented reality experience. So you can actually get the sense of true immersive depth into this piece of art. Now, the collection itself doesn't consist of any in-game assets, but we have reward tiers along the way where if you purchase all of the posters up to that tier, you actually get rewards as loot boxes. And so just purchasing the first poster, for example, gets you everything you need to start playing the game. Uh, the poster was for sale for $64. You get approximately $58 worth of game assets as a result. Um, and that includes land claims. It includes a ship. It includes mining equipment and it includes uh, an orbital space station. Mm -hmm. So um, we launched the marketplace. That's where we're at today. Um, and, and that started on April 24th. That will take us all the way through to July where we launch a mini game experience. And this is an in-browser version of the game. It's not built in Unreal Engine, but it does allow people to start participating in ship missions where they're actually flying around and, and uh, you know playing the game. And it also allows them to earn financial rewards. So you can start earning income off of the game as early as July. The full game is going to take significantly longer to develop out. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's probably a five to seven year life cycle on game development of this caliber. Mm -hmm. um, but we expect our pre-alpha version of the Unreal Engine game to be out sometime mid next year, actually. So it'll be kind of limited scope metaverse concept, but it is in 3D and it is VR enabled. And, and so that's about, like I said, a year, year and a quarter away. Yeah, when this full game is like ready and comes out, is it going to be like a browser-based experience, a VR-based experience? Can I play it on my PS4? Um, like, well, what's the end goal for it so people can, you know, jump into it? So I know everyone has like something different and everyone has different preferences. Yeah, this is, this is uh, the highest caliber quality of game. So it'll be... Um, it's kind of like, a, you know, Cyberpunk, for example, was a recent yeah. release. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's primarily focused on PC gaming. Uh, we can we can likely work on ports over to consoles, um, but largely it's a it's a PC based game. It has its own game client, and um, you know it's it's as immersive as any of the mainstream titles that you've seen released in in recent years. Do you guys have any potential plans to do something like with VR since it is PC based? Because I know so many people like that experience, and when you go into an open world and you're able to kind of like really dive into it. I, I don't know. I, th I feel like a lot of people like the games that are going that direction. Like my favorite game ever is Skyrim. And mm -hmm. when I finally saw someone figure out how to play Skyrim in VR, it was like the most addicting thing to watch. Like it just, it felt so immersive and like just a completely different level. It'd be cool if you guys did it in that direction as well. It's, it's definitely going to be VR enabled. VR capable. So, you know, that's once again, that's once we get to the uh, Unreal Engine is the game engine that we build mm -hmm. um, as kind of the foundation. So we build this three-dimensional world inside Unreal Engine. Um, and yes, once we deliver that product, it will be VR enabled. We're launching the browser version of the game initially, just so people have something that they can actually participate in and they can also start earning those rewards early. Yeah. So again, going back to the like the in-game items and representing them as NFTs, are you guys going to be mostly based on the Ethereum blockchain? Or are you guys going to allow potential NFTs on other blockchains as well? And like, how expansive is it going to be? We are building on Solana. Um, and oh, okay. we, yeah, we, we completed uh, 
heavy amount of due diligence before we landed on Solana, looking at all of the generation three protocols mm-hmm. that were coming out. Um, Solana just checks all the boxes for us. Um, one, the technology is incredible. It's a highly scalable network, mm-hmm. you know, capable of greater than 50,000 transactions per second. Um, sub-second finality, so low latency. You're a gamer. You know, there's nothing we hate more when we're playing a game than getting lag, right? Lag, yeah. lag will get you killed. Um, so it's, it's sub-second finality. It's approximately 400 milliseconds to, um, uh, for state changes. And, and then it's um, you know, one one-hundredth of a penny per transaction, so super low cost. Um, so from the tech standpoint, once again, looking at the vision and, and ambition of this game, we needed something that was highly scalable, highly fast, and, uh, and very low cost. And so Solana, um, Solana was it. The team's great. Um, the ecosystem is absolutely exploding behind Solana. And then, um, you know, we also got a tremendous uh, toolkit out of Serum, which is the decentralized exchange that's built on Solana. Um, so we, we've already integrated Serum DEX into our NFT marketplace. In fact, all of our transactions right now are going through Serum DEX. Um, and then on top of it, we got uh, exposure to great partners such as FTX and Alameda Research and, and um, uh, well, the Project Serum team who we're also direct in investors into our into our seed round. So, um, yeah, I mean, Solana for us is is the ideal solution for AAA quality gaming on chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's cool. I don't, I haven't heard someone say that they're using Solana yet. So that's that's pretty cool. I need to look into that more. Like in terms of the the NFTs, though, where are people able to buy them since they're Solana based? So they can buy them on, on our marketplace. Um, our exchange right now is play.staratlas.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's our NFT marketplace. You can buy the posters there for now. Um, we also have posters hosted on <clears throat> OpenSea. Um, if you you know want to spend the additional transaction fee, I, I will note you know our, our transaction fee is de minimis. It's essentially non-existent. Whereas um, people that were buying poster one on OpenSea for $64, we're spending something like $40 on the transaction fee. So mm-hmm. naturally made it more expensive just as a result. Right. Um, uh, you know, in the future and, and really already with various bridges that exist, we can sell across various marketplaces and then allow the users to bridge those assets over to Solana. But, but the Solana infrastructure right now is pretty robust. There's a lot of wallets. Um, the decentralized exchange protocols are already in place. There's a lot of AMMs and LPs, a lot of DeFi stuff going on on Solana right now. And that has been a big focus. Um, Star Atlas is somewhere over here on the side, building something that's completely out of the out of the norm, right? And not necessarily the hottest thing just yet. Like DeFi is still very much in people's focus, I think. Um, but blockchain-based gaming and accompanied with DeFi, I think is going to be very hot, you know, going into the end of the year. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. DeFi is super hot right now. I feel like I bring it up on every single episode just because everyone wants to hear more and more about it. It's just, it's very far reaching. You're mentioning that you can use DeFi within it as well to like rent out like NFT items and stuff like that. Like, can you explain that a little bit more? Like, how does that work? So I haven't heard that concept before. So like, if you had like some in-game item that was maybe hard to get, or, you know, you wanted to make income off of it, you can use DeFi to like rent that out to somebody. That's right. Yeah. Um, And and so, I mean, that's what's so empowering about the NFT asset base that Mm -hmm. that we're using is that, you know, you have legitimate ownership. Uh, In in traditional game uh, studios, there's this kind of walled garden approach where they don't let you take your assets out of the game, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you are done playing. Um, 
and there there is no potential to extract that value later so you get the entertainment value out of a game uh, but you don't get like financial value based on the amount of time you spent in it so players that play in our game that purchase these assets um you know it's it's lives entirely on chain in their wallet they can do whatever they want with it um so the idea is that we introduce a smart contract protocol that allows people to deposit that then to a pool kind of like a you know just a marketplace mm-hmm. deposit it to a pool somebody else then can rent it out for a period of time and there will be a, a price associated with say renting it out based on I don't know, a minute charge or an hourly charge, something like that. And all of this can happen in an automated fashion without actually, you know, transferring or, or worrying about, you know, lending something out to somebody else because all of this is done via smart contract. So another player wouldn't be able to borrow your asset and go liquidate it, for example, right? Sell it and take right. the cash out of it. Or they wouldn't be able to explore out in deep space, um, which we haven't covered yet, but within our model, we have, three different security zones. And when you get out into the, the deep space region, the high risk security zone, mm-hmm. um, we introduce hardcore mode. And that means that if you get into an engagement with another player and lose and your ship gets destroyed, it literally gets destroyed. It gets burned off chain. Um, and the wow. other player then gets to recapture and salvage some of the items that were on your ship. Um, but you know, so that type of gameplay wouldn't be enabled if you're borrowing somebody's asset. You couldn't fly into deep space, lose your ship, and then just, you know, forget about it. So um, nevertheless, a lot of this, the mechanics still need to be worked out exactly how we're going to do it, but but the capabilities are there. We just need to solve the problem right now. But I, I think it's just so cool that you could own stuff in the game and let people rent it from you not and without... It just becomes a true asset base then in that case. Yeah. It's cool that you can blow someone's ship up and take all their items. Like, <laughs> like I like yeah. that concept. Like that just get, makes it really competitive. It makes it really competitive. It, it drives people towards teamwork and collaboration, right? We, I'm kind of anticipating big fleets of yeah. clans floating around deep space, like just mm-hmm. looking for the guy that's out there by himself. <laughs> exactly. A bunch of pirates flying around. <laughs> What <laughs> was there a game like originally that like inspired this idea to create Star Atlas? Because I know there's a lot of different types of open world, you know, type of games that you know take different approaches. Um, was there one in particular that kind of helped inspire it? It wasn't. It wasn't one in particular. It's just the fact that we all, the whole team, you know, we grew up as as gamers. Um, we enjoy the space exploration concept. If there was any inspiration, it would be some through something like, you know, an Eve online, uh, yeah. possibly a star citizen. Um, one I, I don't discuss as much, but was really like innovative and, and ahead of its time was Entropia, uh, which it, it, it has like real world economic impact. It's very comparable to actually to what we're doing now, only they act as a centralized source for the conversion of cash into their, into their unit of currency in the game. Um, the PED. Right. Um, and, and, and so we're replacing that model where we're not the centralized like uh, authority on mm-hmm. capital coming in. We use everything DeFi protocol and then, you know, all blockchain mechanics for asset ownership and the like. But yeah, so if, if it was anything, it would be games kind of like that. And these are the games that we grew up playing. We just loved and, and uh, you know, wanted to build it. Yeah, man, it's exciting. I'm, I'm waiting for this to come out. So when, you mentioned it a little bit, but what's the roadmap kind of look like for the rest of 2021 with this? You mentioned July-ish, you know, being another uh, day for people to actually start doing some stuff in the game. And then you see another year, year and a half um, until there's some more functionality. But what does the rest of 2021 look like or what should people uh, 
look out for, be ready for? I mean, I would, I would definitely encourage people to go take a look at our poster collection right now, to be honest. I mean, like I said, there's a lot of great benefits that you get by owning the posters uh, for in-game assets. Those in-game assets are going to be playable as early as July. July or August is our projected um, deadline for the minigame, which is the in-browser experience. Uh, the rest of the year, people will just continue playing the minigame. We'll still have a team working on that to improve the experience. Um, but we'll also concurrently be building out in Unreal Engine. So um, it, we're effectively creating two products here uh, because of our desire to have something available early for players. And so that, that's the browser-based game. Um, at the same time, we need to build the actual metaverse in Unreal Engine. And so we're onboarding for that team right now. And that's what, where I was saying, um, you know, mid next year, we should have the first version of that available uh, for people to join into. And it, it will be limited in scope, uh, but it, at least it's a virtual, you know, three-dimensional world that is VR ready that people can hop into. Yeah, it's exciting stuff, man. Where, where can people find more info? Um, like what's the website? You guys have social media. Um, do you guys have a community somewhere on like Discord or like where should people go? Yeah, um, the website is staratlas.com. We have links to all of our social channels through there. Our Discord is growing amazingly fast, uh, especially for a crypto project. We also know that we are attracting a, a, a really a mainstream gaming audience audience already. Um, we can see it just based on the questions that we're getting. You know, the interactions that we're having, these are real gamers that want to play today. Like they can't wait and we can't wait to deliver it. Um, but our Discord is, is um, growing rapidly. We have a big Telegram channel. Um, you know, and then of course we're posting regular announcements on Twitter and also our medium. So if you just want to keep uh, pace with some announcements, I'd say, you know, Twitter and medium, but otherwise join us in, in discord or join us on telegram. Yeah. Discord's like one of the most interesting places outside Twitter for like conversations in crypto and blockchain. I've gotten some crazy debates there. <laughs> So we actually do a, um, every Friday, we call it, um, we call any of the citizens of Star Atlas Atlassians. And so we do an Atlassian town hall every Friday. Um, so uh, myself and, and someone else from our team will be on stage. Um, you can host these very much like, like Clubhouse uh, within nice. Discord with these amphitheaters. And so, um, yeah, we're, we're on for about an hour. Uh, we've had over 100 people in our, in our amphitheater uh, for these events. And we just let people ask us questions or people submit questions in advance and we'll do a dialogue on stage. Um, but, you know, I want everyone to know that we are actually listening. Um, you know, your voice is being heard and we're, we're um, making decisions based on your feedback as well. So the, the feedback is, is helpful and we love to be engaged and, and just, you know, love to get the community engaged. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's really exciting. I'm, I'm excited about Star Atlas. I, I, I love games too. I, I consider myself quite a nerd. I've grew up playing all kinds of different open world games and stuff like that. So it's, it's cool. I, I really want to play an open world, um, you know, somewhat blockchain based game where there's that, you know, aspect to it. I think we're all kind of excited to play something like that. So very excited about what you guys are doing. Um, we're going to wrap up the podcast around here um, lengthwise. So Michael, thanks for taking time to come on. Really appreciate it um, and, and sharing all the details about what you guys are doing. It's going to be pretty cool. It was my pleasure, man. Um, yeah, love to come back on sometime in the future when we when we have some real gameplay that we can maybe demonstrate for you. So, but, but appreciate you having me on and all the great questions. Yeah, of course. Anytime, man. You're welcome to come back on when you got some more updates. Yeah, come back on in July when you got the, or whenever it happens, whenever it comes out. Let's do it. Yeah, sounds good. All right, man. All right. Take care.
Okay. See ya.